With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. We have a piece coming in about a week or so that is an update on our ridiculous sedans. Where <laughs> you and not I drink water when you start. You, you, I, I, but well, here's the great thing it's about it. Coming up this, my is, nose. this is very different because you may have noticed we're actually doing two pieces a week right now. We are for the next few weeks. We've got a lot of back ca- content. We've yeah, got we had a back pushing stuff out. Yeah. So we're very excited about two pieces a week. Oh, while I'm sorry, while I'm here, I'm being schizophrenic. Squirrel. <laughs> Again. We are in the middle of. We've just launched writing, too. If you haven't read the articles yes, that are posting on our site, yes. we are currently doing five to six, if you count the TV season, six, five to six days of content a week mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. an article on Monday, podcast on Tuesday, sometimes even a video, another article on Wednesday, a YouTube video on Thursday, another podcast on Friday. Happy Friday, by the way. And then we even have right now, Saturday mornings, we're still on the Motor Trend channel through the end of March, next couple of weeks. That's six days a week for Everyday Driver content. I'm very, very excited about that. The Super writers are cool. excited. we got so much stuff in the backlogs. All of this is happening. But you and I are in the process <laughs> of shooting a piece on the old sedans where we're not going to drive them at all. Which yeah. is weird. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. But it's sitting there talking about, have you noticed this? Have you seen that this is broken? Have I told you this story yet? And I am adding to my list of stories as of this week. Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I just got the car out of the shop. <laughs> I, I put it in. We for, knew it would be bad. We knew no, I, I, it would I, be I bad. I put it in for innocuous reasons. I put it in mainly for tire swap. This is maintenance. Okay. This is under the category of maintenance. Totally. Nothing broke. It was still running. Just Absolutely. want to make put that it in clear. for tire swap, yep. and I just thought, you know, this car's got 135,000 miles on it. I don't know the last time the transmission was serviced. I have no idea. Never. Probably never. And the transmission's been fine, but it hasn't been a standout. And I just thought, if the transmission breaks, it's like a nine or ten grand for a It's also blinked some lights and weird couple times. colors couple times, at yes. you. And a couple times. And, and then it's fixed things. itself. Right. I've heard that a rebuild on the transmission is still four or five grand. Oh, perfect. So let's do the fluid service thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I get that mm-hmm. done. Which is the first laugh? My, my our, our poor mechanics, because I know what's going. on. I think on. they're enjoying it just a, alongside everybody else. They're enjoying it a little bit. But here's what's funny: yeah. is when they call me with the "here's what it needs" conversation. Whoever calls me, I can I can hear how tense they are that they're into the line because I think they're used to getting people that when they tell them something absurd that has an absurd price tag, the person that they're in the line understandably loses their mind. Yeah, and yeah. then they call me and tell me this stuff, and I laugh about it. <laughs> They're because, not ready for that because I'm just shaking my head with, "Of course, that's the story." So here's here's two stories real quick, and I will c- update these on the YouTube video too. But the transmission service—it's an automatic transmission. It's a six-speed automatic transmission. We're doing uh, filters, fluid, a couple of seals. That's what we're doing. Okay. You make it sound really basic. Because that's what an automatic transmission service is. <laughs> Not okay? on a Phaeton. But on a Phaeton, there's like three hours worth of labor involved yeah. at 100 plus dollars an hour. And then the fluid was just the fluid was $450. Mm. So I had a. You and picking cars that have yeah. expensive transmission let's fluids. Do, let's do less of that. So anyway. Was so the old stuff chocolate was, brown coming no, out of there? Did they tell ask. you? Was I'm it horrified. chocolate brown? I, I don't know. But here's the thing the transmission service on the car was nearly $900. <laughs> And awesome. Then, and then I had them chase a small, and I, I do mean small, coolant leak. And I just said, I, I'm not really that worried about it. I can put the stop leak stuff in it. There's a bigger discussion of that coming up. But just identify where it is for me. Mm-hmm. They dig for about an hour. 
which of course I get charged for. Of course. They dig for yes. about an hour and they tell me we're pretty sure based on as far as we dug before we stopped that it is either the water pump or the coolant lines that go through the alternator because there's coolant lines in the alternator because of course there are. In order to fix it, this is my favorite new story. It's my favorite new story. The hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. They can't stand up enough because in order to fix it, it is 22 hours of engine out labor. So much so that my tech that calls me with this info said when the when he was told that he didn't believe it and he looked it up for himself and went, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but this is what the book says. So I I, la- I laughed into the phone. I laughed into the phone. And I laughed again when I went and picked up the car today because I'm not doing that. But all of this to say the transmission is smooth as glass now. It's fantastic. It better be. It better be. Yeah, I agree with you. That's the so show's dollars you going into that it car. So yeah, the fate and fails continue. There actually haven't been very many fails. It's just anytime there's something to work on, it's something like this. Like, oh, you need to get to the water pump? Well, let's take the engine out. Let's do that. <laughs> That makes sense. That makes all kinds of sense. Welcome back to the podcast, Madness. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for writing your questions. We've got a great couple of debates here. And I have noticed on Anchor, a few of you have sent us audio messages. Mm -hmm. And Anchor limits you to minute-long, one-minute-long audio messages. And I really appreciate you guys sending those. But it does make it difficult because they're in audio form. Whereas, Mm -hmm. Todd and I like to have your emails in front of us as we're talking and, and going through the debates. And so it is easier if you do submit your debates to the email or, or on the website. And uh, that way we can read them and kind of reference mm-hmm, them. And, mm-hmm. you know, as we're making quick notes to ourselves, as we're talking, that is really helpful. But speaking of the website, if you write to us with your debate, mm-hmm. you will see as you go to <laughs> everydaydriver.com. There's an adventures tab right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And for adventures and meetups in 2020, pilgrimage is now live on the website. Yes, you can sign up now. So if you push the sign up now button. That doesn't mean you're signing up now. It's just to go get information mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and see if this fits in your schedule because we're going. We would love to take you. It's yes. earlier in the year. It's August 2 through 6, yes. 2020. It's in Germany and Belgium, and the trip is actually in reverse this year. So yep. that's fine. Uh, it just really right, yeah. it d- just depends on which day that we can get, and we want that road tour day in between. Mm-hmm. And so the two it's track really cool. days that are next to each other – Day in between that that solves our trip perfectly and and let me and uh, so yeah we're going we are let me let me go ahead and say this for those of you that are thinking it right now yes stuff in the world may be changing and if it does we will just walk through that accordingly with the trip absolutely. but having said that absolutely. we have four people going already pretty awesome and we have others that have told me they're circling so w- the trip is happening as of right now we are fully intending to go you know we we can't control the universe so there's mm-hmm. that's my caveat but otherwise they're, they're gonna have to push back pretty hard for us not be in germany this year also a quick note on cars i did see on instagram somebody i'm sorry i didn't i don't remember uh who it was right now asking me about automatic transmissions mm. and as a matter of fact you're in luck please when you do sign up send us an email and, and ask us you know, if you want a car upgrade, that's great. But we don't generally do car upgrades for your first time on the Ring and Spa because mm-hmm. you're on the Ring and Spa. Yes. I want you in a riding lawnmower or a skateboard for <laughs> your first time. Let's ease our way in. Let's do. We're not throwing you in a Ferrari McLaren and saying, here's an unfamiliar track that you've just seen Ring Crash videos on. Go have fun and don't wreck and be <laughs> handsome and say cool things. You know, well, that's yeah. not what we're doing. So with the automatic transmissions, most of the car choices are automatics as more of a default because mm-hmm. they know that there's people coming in from all over the world yes. to drive these two tracks. And so they, there's only a very few cars and you'll know them came in GT fours and Honda civic type R's yeah. and focus yeah, yeah. RS's. 
they're they're only cars that are built that they're the only mm-hmm. way they come essentially so yeah. if, if you upgrade to that well then you'll know but for the most part please do specify and please let us know so we can make yeah. sure we can arrange that and make sure that rsr knows and and we've got your reservation yeah. properly in there there's there's plenty going on and there's good uh car upgrades but there's plenty going on you don't necessarily need a stick shift on this experience but either way you will have you fun you really ought to come with us hey even if you do drive manual and you're good at it mm-hmm. i almost recommend being in an automatic just because it is one less thing that you have to concentrate on especially when you're working on your line let's go mm-hmm. work on your line especially and your, at the ring your entry speed your, <laughs> your track out speed all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff because that'll come and then i don't want you you know downshifting and letting the clutch out and locking up the rear wheels or something yeah yeah, yeah. I want you to enjoy yourself. So even if you do drive manual, consider an automatic. Yeah, it's fair point. N- it's n- we're not punching your car, your enthusiast driver car, like oh, well, you're going to you're the on ring track and, and you're not driving a manual. Yeah. You know, you are going to the ring and spa. You're yeah. not worthy anymore. No, 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 you are absolutely. Yeah. If you have an automatic, it's totally fine. I highly recommend it. So anyway, please let us know. For sure. Go look at the frequently asked questions, and that is now come from coming from years of doing this. It's yeah. all yeah, inclusive. Yeah. We pick you up. Hotels, meals, transportation, where essentially just you, you could be a zombie and you're jumping in a car with a pro driver, a pro instructor, and that's all you have to think about. You don't have to think about, yeah. well, I got to get food tonight. I got to feed my body it's and I got to get sleep. It's to- all handled. Yep. It's all taken care of. Yep. It's a very cool trip. We really hope that you join us. We're looking forward to going when we all can leave the house. So that'll happen. We have two really good (laughs) car debates to to deal with today. We have Andy writing to us uh, from Massachusetts, and also we have uh, John writing to us from New York. So we're doing Back East this time, and we've got so many really good questions. I, I had one of those days when I filled in so many questions. It was like, that's half the podcast right there. Yeah, no kidding. When we do, when we do podcast 500 coming up, we should do an all questions. Oh, we definitely will. Yeah, It'll be we'll all have, questions. We, you realize so. we're headed toward, this is 486. We're headed toward podcast 500 in the coming that. weeks. We will continue cranking these out. We're very glad to have you with us. Whenever Todd and I are searching for cars, we always start with Auto Tempest. To find the best cars for any budget, you know it's important to cast a wide net and check all the places they might be listed. Now, we used to have to search all different car sites separately, but with Auto Tempest, you can search them all in one place. With Auto Tempest, you can enter your search results one time and see all the results from all the top car sites at once, plus a bunch of smaller ones you probably didn't think to check. Auto Tempest will help you find your next car, wherever it's hiding. With all the listings in one place, it's a great way to shop around and compare what's out there. So if you're doing your drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or you're just looking to feed the disease like we always are, head to autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. All right, Andy, as I was reading your email, this is Andy in Massachusetts, who writes to us with a debate. And he says, be warned, you're probably going to have to read between the lines and do some psychoanalysis to figure out what he really wants because you don't have a clue. They're a family of three living in Massachusetts with a fourth on the way. Congratulations, Andy. Their primary car as a family is a dealership-maintained Volkswagen Jetta, which is nominally his wife's car, but which they use as an all-purpose family minivan. What you need is a Jetta XL. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) You can fit a lot of stuff in a Jetta XL. You can. That that, that Phaeton Jetta XL has got stuff in it. Anyway, sorry. But you, too, will be paying $450 a gallon now? No, $450 for all of the fluid. Because your Lancer was like $200 a gallon. My Lancer was $200 a gallon. It was two gallons. This was $200 a gallon. Yes. There this is was, not a more expensive fluid I agree with you. It's, probably, it's probably the most expensive fluid on the planet. That I can think of. Yeah, because I think the, the Phaeton took seven liters. 
And so seven liters added up to like 450 bucks. So that's a lot more fluid than but, we dealt. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> what is that yeah. fluid made out of? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, you two can the t- just the tears of, have, of unicorns or something. It's all high, bad. Yeah. High transmission fluid bills. But Andy, as I was scanning your email, I came to this part that I thought, okay, mm-hmm. great, things are solved. But why? Why are you writing? Because their second car is a beautiful nine nine seven point two Porsche Carrera S, which is tucked away in winter and then get this, used somewhat sparingly in summer. So it mostly just sits. I hate he to says, say it, but let's be honest. This arrangement has worked reasonably well, and you can imagine it requires constant planning and careful scheduling with mm-hmm. the single car. Yeah. Because the Porsche mm-hmm. sits. It's yep. just... It doesn't get driven. It's the fun car. It's, well, there's some fun, and I know what fun is. I can see fun. We'll get back to fun We're later. not going to start up the fun and take the fun out to drive the fun, <laughs> but I can see the fun. I own the fun. I own fun in my garage. I don't actually have the fun, but I own the fun. I, look, open the garage door. There's there the fun is. right there. <laughs> but don't, don't, I, don't drive the fun. I, I, hate, I hate to say it, but I do hear you on this. Don't, do. don't you do. dare drive you the this. fun. Yeah. So Andy says, Andy, we're teasing you. Kind of. Sort of. We're also hoping that you drive the fun more. You need we to really, drive the really fun. are. The nine nine seven point two needs <laughs> needs to come back muddy. It's just it just finished raining and we're fine with it. Go drive Ooh. the car. Go. You know you need to get groceries tonight. Take the nine eleven. Why? Because the nine eleven can go get groceries. Because because uh, yeah, of the anyway, reason. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> Many car owners own the fun. They don't drive the fun. The yes. fun is attached to a battery charger that keeps mm-hmm. the fun maintained. It's, it's too bad. It maintains the fun for another day, hopefully. <laughs> Let me show you the startup of fun. Yeah. Here, I'm going to twist I the I pay key. monthly for fun. I don't actually have the fun. <laughs> you know what it's like? We're it's, never going to stop beating on this it's, joke. It's, it's, the car, it's the car equivalent of most people's gym membership. <laughs> well, I have this so I can go to the gym. I don't actually go to the gym, but I have the membership for the going to the gym. Hey, you look great. Yeah, I've got a gym membership. I don't go. I don't use it. Why would you use it? <laughs> this is the, yeah. We're having we're having a little bit, a little bit of a preciousness problem, and we are having a joke at Andy's expense. But we do hope you drive that car more. But let's still try to solve the problem. All right. So the problem is Andy's looking for a winter and summer daily for himself. Mm-hmm. He needs it to be at least a two plus two, so he can pick up the first kid from school on the way home. Yep. And this is a budget of ten thousand dollars. He can go higher, but he really doesn't want to because yeah. the higher he goes, the more unhappy he'll be. Reference nine nine seven point two Carrera that does not really get driven. I think there's a preciousness that factor. Carrera there has a back seat where there's money that's been spent on it, and there's a preciousness factor connected to it. Mm-hmm. And and I'll, look, I'll give you I'll give you an example. I I noticed a new door ding in the Phaeton today. And it bummed me out a little bit. And then I went, it's a Phaeton, and it cost $5,000. Let's move on. You know? But, but I understand. You have, I, I get the sense there's a bit of a shrine going on to this 997.2 in the garage. It's over there. We love it very much. We're not, please don't breathe on it. I'm wondering. I'm just – Yeah. Andy, I, what if you drove it more? What if you drove what if, it more? What, what if that if? ten grand went to a set of winter wheels and tires? Uh-huh. I understand the salt. I am right there with you. Yeah. I have had years of preciousness and having the fun parked. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, of the two cars, I shouldn't take the fun. I should take the Honda. Yeah. I'll take the Accord. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I did that with uh-huh. the 928. I had an Accord and the 928. And I wished I would have driven the 928 even more because I was a little too precious with it. Mm-hmm. And so what if that's the first consideration? Before we suggest any cars, what if... I do like that. 
around Park City, I see it snowing and a 911 goes by and I want to jump out of my skin because mm-hmm. I'm I'm thanking them like thank you for driving that car. It well, snows in Germany by the way. It, it snows. It, it, it's had snow a couple in times in Germany. Least. Well, but while we're here, he's got a $10,000 budget. Let me stay here real quick. I love your idea and I agree with your idea. But if the concern is I need it to be a winter car. Now you haven't said to us Andy, you need it to be all-wheel drive. But if you're concerned about sure. your 911 in the winter, what if you swapped your 997.2 Carrera S? For a 4S, oh. the price differential can't be even ten grand. You'll never feel it in the payments. No, but You'll no, but no, it. but because he's talking about he has ten grand to deal with, right? Okay, and that was the differential. The price differential can't even be that much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you, if that allowed you to drive it more often, is that would that help? I, I don't know that it helps. But That's I'm just a lovely idea. Because the other part of this is you aren't saying because. You're not talking about driving through major snow. Wait till we talk about New York later. You're not talking about serious <laughs> snow, but you are talking about winter driving. And so you're looking for something that can handle that and won't be precious about it. And I get that. And that's where the ten grand goes is a non-precious winter car. I understand that. But I go back to your point, Paul. You have a car that could be great year-round, but you've got to dedicate yourself to driving it year-round. All Andy's life, he's only owned coupes and sedans, but on this occasion, he's willing to look at coupes, sedans, CUVs, SUVs, or pickup trucks, anything except minivans, as long as the headline, as long as they're not (laughs) soul-sucking. That sounds just like no big deal at all. He writes, what is soul-sucking, you ask? He Mm -hmm. says, pretty much any good, practical, reliable vehicle. CRVs, Corollas, (laughs) 90s, early 2000s, American sedans. And he says, what is not soul-sucking? It's hard to describe, but it's something that doesn't feel numb. An 86, mm-hmm. a Jeep XJ or a Wrangler. Yeah. And he says, that old piece of junk, early 90s Corolla that he grudgingly agreed to help someone pull out of a tight parking space, only to instantly fall in love with the way the steering <laughs> felt. Yeah. But he said it is possible the hydraulic steering pump was malfunctioning. He's pretty Maybe sure that's what he liked. didn't have power steering anymore, which is why he liked it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, he says the interface between driver and machine is very important to him. Mm-hmm. It really explains what he loves about his 911. The seating position, the shifter feel, the pedal feel, the steering weight and feedback, the throttle response, the sounds, mm-hmm. all the glass around him. The visibility is awesome. I mean, you're describing it's the great. perfect car, and it's got a back seat, by the yeah, way. And, and, <clears> yeah, you know what you could do? You could drive that 911. I'm just bringing what it up. What a strange idea. I'm just bringing it up. You could drive the 911. Mike, you're a little unreasonable right there. I, and it, I'm sorry. The fun I, needs what, to just be one, observed from a distance, One my more friend. slight rant here, Andy. You don't have a 911, I, I, I'm certain of this, that is going to wind up doing Barrett Jackson and shocking everybody with how much money it got 20, 30 years from now. Indeed Which not. means Indeed you not. have a driver. Yes. So you could drive it. And yeah, guess what? Life's going to happen to it. There's going to be a ding. There's going to be a kid that's going to do something where you're just going to be like, I love you. I gave birth to you. I'm going to forgive you, but I cannot believe you just did that to my car. It's going to happen, but that's also life, and you could drive that car. I'm done ranting for the moment. He says that doesn't explain why he also likes crude, sloppy, imprecise feeling of solid axle Jeeps or that terrible little Corolla. But it doesn't explain why he turns to us for help. And again, the 911 exists. We have the 911. And should the days get really bad... Mm -hmm you still can lean on the Jetta because you've told me you're yep. an expert in scheduling and rescheduling. Yeah, clearly, yes. You've already established yes. this. Absolutely no minivans. He loves the 86 cars, but he hesitates to turn to them for such a winter-heavy use case, despite Todd's videos of driving around endless winters in the 86. I'm headed there. <clears throat> I'm headed for that discussion. He finds front-wheel drive distasteful. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that word used before. Distasteful is funny. That's a, that's a great one, Andy. I really do like that. I find it distasteful. Very nice. <laughs> Well put. But he says that's not a disqualifying trait. Absolutely no CVTs. Good man. 
Get this, he likes American muscle cars, but he doesn't like their low visibility seating position. So you're saying you've noticed. <laughs> I mean, I keep coming back to the 911s like, perfect. Yeah, well, anyway. that, that does exist. Yeah. Oh, and fuel efficiency is not a concern. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, he's struggling with even the most basic high-level question. What class of car should he decide on? Does he want another coupe or a sedan? Should he go for an SUV or a truck? I think I found your car. Have you? I've got a few that I want to talk through, but that's good for you. I'm I glad. I think I found the car. Is it a 997.2 Carrera S? <laughs> Maybe. Because that would work. That Why? would actually work here for Andy. Is I really that think mu- it much of yeah. a foregone conclusion? Anyway, yeah. Andy, definitely, if you can shift your mind mm-hmm. and get around the preciousness thing yeah. and start driving that 911, you already own it. And you already love it. That's the other thing about yeah. it. They're, they're really, sorry, last part of my rant. I'm going to come back. I don't believe you. I know. But here's I don't the believe thing. you. When, this is the thing that I find with the Lotus is that there are, I, I will fully admit it, there are times when I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to take the Lotus to go do this. I do think that mm. because it requires a level of sacrifice. Look at the Spectrum Sacrifice video. I mm-hmm. do think mm-hmm. I could take the Cayenne. I could take, in this case, the Phaeton, whatever. But then there's the other voice in the back of my head that is like, you really ought to take the Lotus. And when I do, for the stupid thing, for the school run or mm-hmm. the I, mm-hmm. I do need one thing at the grocery store right now, and I take the Lotus – I'm always glad I did because the car is so magical to drive. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. But then I have that five minutes of the experience that I just think, like, why, why, why did I not think I should take this? I just had fun for five minutes in the middle of running errands. Short amounts of fun is what you're saying here. We can just have little, little spoonfuls of fun, little I'm tiny. saying, what's the problem? Here's a thimble full of fun. I'm saying, what's the problem with just you use it anyway? It, I agree. And it does, it does, look, I admit it. I still struggle with it. It does require a headspace change of, no, I really ought to take that car because I do love it. And then guess what you discover? You love driving it even when you do a little stupid thing with it. Headspace change option number one is paint protection film for that 911. Yes. Andy. It won't cost you ten grand. it will cost you five to get the entire car wrapped. At most, With yes. the paint protection film of your choice. And yes, you can still use Griot's products to clean it right mm-hmm. over the top of it. As a matter of fact, Expel uses Griot Speed Shine. And the Expel stuff is self-healing to a degree, which so, is crazy. Think, you know, say, Tom sorry, was talking stop. about a ding. Self-healing. Yeah, he was talking about crazy. a ding and, and whatever. You're going to be relaxed. It takes your fear out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I did find a car for you. Okay. It's not a 2 plus 2 because I don't think you need a 2 plus 2. Okay, interesting. All right. You've got the Jetta. Yeah. It's not the perfect winter car, but on the other hand, we've determined that any car can be driven in the winter with the right set of tires. Yes. Tires before drive wheels. The back tires on this one are a little wide. Where are you going? So you might have to get a Where are you going? an expensive winter set, but you, you could a do it. Well, <laughs> Did you go Quattroporte for our poor friend Andy? No. Okay, no. good. Because you could get those for ten grand. That's what's you, you can get them for ten grand. You can actually get them for less. It's, it's another really terrifying. nice one for yeah. ninety nine hundred, and I wish I'd bought that one. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yours does run. You do have the world's only reliable Maserati. So I far. do. You spent less Maserati. money than I have keeping your Maserati on the boat. I actually think because you're ignoring it. I really think it you're runs. ignoring the problems. That's the thing you're doing. Anyway, go on. The choice I have for you, Andy, despite it not checking every box, okay. it's got a muscle car feel. It's okay. the opposite of the nine eleven. It's the competitor to the nine eleven. Why you can't go? you own two fun cars? How about a C4 Corvette ZR1, my friend, with the LT5? <laughs> or a regular C4 with the regular ZF6B and that LT1 or the LT4 engine? Guess what, Andy? I found you in Salem on Craigslist. I went to Auto Tempest, and then wow. through there I clicked on Craigslist. Did found you, you a 95 really? Corvette in Salem in aqua blue metallic with 51,000 miles, six-speed manual, coarse exhaust, Perfect condition for $12,000, and it's been owned by a mechanic. Paul, 
Why am I not going you to buy that, to buy car? that car? I, I agree. I know how much that car is a splinter. It's not in a your ZR1. Brain. It's just the regular Corvette. It's not a ZR1. That's, wow. Okay. All right. All Six right. speed. It's perfect, Andy. Okay. All right. Twelve grand. Now the tires are a little wide on they the back are a little, of that car. A little wide. Your winter tires are going to be. Just, you're gonna, they're just a little wide. Careful shopping there. Yeah. I found multiple. I found a '95 C4, a '94 six speed with ninety-six thousand miles so for ten k. Okay. All right. I found a 1993 40th anniversary, you know, in that plum, metallic-y plum. Yeah, it existed. Yeah. 16.9 in San Diego with 33,000 miles. The C4s are a riot because they're junky enough and rattly enough. You'll think, okay, this isn't my, you know, my nice car. It doesn't have to matter at all. Yeah. But then you, you downshift to second and you let her have it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going to know what hits you, man. Yeah, they're cool. They are cool. Watch it's our American Original. It's a muscle car. We you're were genuinely surprised love. by the fourth gen. We were Because that's the unloved gen, and we were genuinely surprised by it. Yeah. Two plus two, out the window. Low slung seating. <laughs> I'm fine with that because you're driving a Corvette for cheap, and it's yeah. a Chevy. She's just going to run. And if it that's doesn't, funny. it's still a Chevy. That's very funny. Aqua Blue Metallic in Salem. 51,000 miles. It's perfect. It's been babied. It has it. been babied, yeah. which means now you can let Just it go hang drive out, it. man. That's funny. I like and it. on the worst days, all right, let those two cars sit home. Take the Jetta. Because, again, you told me you're an expert in scheduling. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know what Andy could do? <laughs> We're having way too much fun. You know what would work for Andy? Is a 911. <laughs> I just thought of that. That's weird. Any 911, anyway, actually. No, seriously. Any uh, year. Back to back. Any... Look, assuming, assuming that the 911 fun is going to sit on its battery tender too much and they're going to continue to be <laughs> hey, in look, that situation. Hey, look, kids. That's fun. That car's fun. It's, we it, don't drive the fun. I, I'm sorry. We're, Andy, we're, we're making so much fun of you. I'm sorry, man. We're just in, in a mood today. We're in a seasonal transition right what's now. What's this low-hanging fruit? And so what's happening like, with us is we are, we are fighting to drive our cars as much as we can, our super fun cars. In and no so way it's am on I our mind that much. A snot. I'm but, not trying but, to be a snot. I mean, if we were sitting across the table from you, we'd still be saying this, by yes. the way. We'd, we'd say this to your face. So yes. drive your 911. But I, I, look, I'm going to go through alternatives in case you aren't going to make it. Because, look, you need a car that if it's terrible outside, the weather's awful, you aren't careful stepping the whole time because you're terrified something's going to happen. In I any do car. get that. I do get In that. In any car. So this is the $10,000 winter car like I have done for the last two or three winters. And those have had varying success. But Your Phaeton's up to a $10,000 car. It's up to an $11,000 car now. There, there's nothing wrong with an 86 year round. I drove my FRS year round. And I'll be honest with you, most of this winter, I missed it. Huh. I mean, I, I drove the Phaeton and enjoyed it. But... The great thing about the FRS versus the Lotus for a situation where the weather's terrible and you could be snowing or whatever is I just kept thinking about the fact that I'm, in, at the time, a $20,000 Toyota product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything to happen, but if it does, it's a $20,000 Toyota product. In your case, it would be a $10,000 Toyota product, and it is genuinely fun to drive. Little kids or your, your wife's not riding in the passenger seat, you can get kids in here. You can use it. There's nothing to be precious about. The dynamics are great in bad weather. Fantastic mm-hmm. in bad weather as long as you have good tires. So I think that's a great one. Even though you find uh, front wheel drive distasteful, which is my new, I almost want that on a shirt, just <laughs> FWD distasteful. I just want that on the shirt. You'll anyway, be tackled by, I would be tackled know, by every, and everyone, enthusiasts. well, and everyone driving a Golf, uh, everyone driving a GTI will, will hate yes. me. But Fiesta ST, but the Fiesta ST is on my list for you because, funny. <laughs> because here's, here's the reason I bring it up because that is a car that I defy anyone to drive it and not find it fun. It might not be for them, okay, but it is okay. fundamentally a fun-to-drive car. And because it was an economy car from Ford to begin with, 
There's going to be no preciousness. The kids spilled all the Cheerios and then puked in the backseat. Nasty, but it's in the Fiesta ST. You can hose it out. It's just, you, can we'll just it you know what? We'll get it clean, then it will be okay. And the reason they puked in the backseat is because you're hooning. <laughs> because you are you driving are them. You are hooning Could in that you car. stop, Dad? Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. So the Fiesta ST is, is the place where I think you, you could take your uh, distaste for front-wheel drive and just go, I think I'd enjoy this. By the way, your wife drives a Jetta. Yeah. Front-wheel drive architecture going on there. Yeah. Anyway, but so Fiesta ST. He so, just can't wear that shirt around the house. Exactly. Maybe just exactly. only to Or car talk shows. to his wife. By the way, hello, Andy's wife, because I know you're listening to at least <laughs> well, of some course, of this. Of course. Uh, rear-wheel drive and usable, mm. other than the 86, I thought about this, less than ten grand. Totally different feel than anything he owns. Pontiac GTO. Oh. The 2 plus 2 Corvette engine. Andy, I know a guy here in town who has a GTO. He bought a 17-inch set of wheels and tires. He uh-huh. bought Bridgestone Blizzaks for them. He drives it all winter. Mm-hmm. He just puts summers on it. He loves it. He drives it all year long. Yeah. Automatics are eight grand. Manuals are 15. Pick your flavor. Yeah, totally. And then the last one I have for you because I started to think about – could we get Andy in a WRX? Because that is kind of the enthusiast catch-all all-wheel drive sure. car, obviously. But we're dealing with ten grand or less. Okay. So that led me to Saab 92X. <laughs> there it is. Get the arrow wagon. There's nothing to be precious about. It is Subaru WRX running gear, which means it's going to run. Or if it doesn't run, you can walk into any auto parts store ever and be like, I need a part for this. Oh, we've got that. Apart from an 05 WRX, we have all of those. So you could maintain that like crazy. It is also a very different feel than what you have, and there would be no preciousness. So that's my last one for you is Saab 92X. But you know what, what could work for you, Andy? Mm. Is driving a 997.2911. I'm going to spend this laptop around and show you this cool Corvette. See, here it is. Boston.craigslist.org. Yeah, I got to say. 12 grand. I got to say, yeah. How much do I need this car? 51,000 babied miles. Yes. Bought it from my best friend. It's gorgeous. You the the one for you though is the ZR one. I need though. the I know ZR that's, one. Though. That's really bothering you quite a bit. Just like the, uh, oh. the uh, okay. I'm going to go ahead. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay, you're I'm going to go there. I'm gonna you're go going there. there. All right. Paul and I had a very dangerous conversation recently, which was about these two old sedans going away. Yeah. And we started talking about what are cars What's next? that exist in our brain <laughs> that are ridiculous. That are uh-huh. and, and I actually discussed them to Paul as guilty pleasure cars that mm-hmm. we would buy kind of in spite of the fact that there's lots of reasons to not buy them, which is kind of where these sedans are. And I landed <clears throat> on the Isuzu Via Cross. <laughs> and so I said to Paul, what would be the equivalent for you? And he said, C4 ZR1. Done. So I don't know that we could do that, honestly, but we got a good laugh. And that's why the C4s now are in Paul's brain and it's, it's all bad. Embedded. If you've got your own debate, as I said at the top of the podcast, please write to us with your story. Andy, thanks for being a good sport. Really appreciate it. You've got some driving to do, my friend. Let us know. If you've got more cars than garage space, and we suspect you do, then you need to protect them with a custom car cover from Covercraft. We recommend the NOAA Custom Car Cover. They're each made to fit your car perfectly, and they resist moisture, but they also breathe to eliminate condensation. They've got a four-layer protection for all weather conditions, and they protect your car from UV rays, too. The NOAA covers even have a soft inner layer. They're made in the USA, and they come with a four-year warranty. In the worst winds we've seen, the NOAA cover stays put. I had one on the Lancer, and it kept the paint pristine in all conditions. Paul wore one out over nine years of daily use with his Audi Avant, and people always asked how he kept it so nice. Plus, with Covercraft, you can defend your interior against kids, dogs, spills, and any weekend adventure in mud and snow with custom seat covers from Covercraft. Have the nicest car all winter long with help from our friends at Covercraft. 
you can get 10% off your custom car cover and any other Covercraft product by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, and it ships for free. Follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com to keep your car looking its best. Joe is up in Andy's area, as a matter of fact. But He's much in Syracuse, farther New north York. with much, much more snow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Lots of snow. Joe is tired of utility and tired of boring. Thank you, Joe. Welcome. <laughs> He's looking for a cheap, fun car in the spring. He's married. He's got two young kids. His current driveway consists of a 2012 Toyota Sienna and a mm-hmm. 2018 Golf Sport Wagon. Okay. Kind of cool. Right. The problem is he and his family are going to build a house on some land they previously purchased. And they don't want to take out a loan for a newer car. Okay. Now, that van is paid off, but it's got 175,000 miles on it. Oof. They'd like to keep it for utility, but they can't keep commuting in it. Fair. All right. They've owned a, a series of mostly bland cars, and Joe's looking for a change. I like it. Seriously, he says the coolest thing they have owned was a Volvo S60. School car. Cool car, but also a low bar. That's the coolest car you've owned. It's a low bar, too. His wife has given him permission to spend three to $5,000, maybe six. <laughs> That I'm was the conversation, by the way. Your wife said, I don't know, three to five. And you said, maybe maybe as much as six. And she was like, okay. Well, That's how that conversation went. I'm right to the guys, so you that better That how that six. conversation went, yeah. Now, this car is just for him to go to and from work about 55 miles round trip, all back roads. Which I love, yeah. She thinks he needs back seats just in case he ever needs to take the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, you know... I mean, there's always the passenger seat, and you can take them one at a time, which doubles your driving. There you go. Exactly. Well, but, but, he, but he makes the comment. He says, we're going to still have the van. So he doesn't agree. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I got to say it right now, Joe. I, I'm sorry to your wife. I fully agree with you. I, I've said it before. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. We don't need we, – we, we, and I do mean this as car culture at large, and I know I've said it before. I'm going to keep beating on it. We as car culture at large, as car buyers at large, have been seduced into the impression that every car we own needs to do everything we need a car to do. And that is yes. wrong. Yes. Allow cars to be like your shoes. They have purposes. You have a van. If, if scheduling was just a huge part of the podcast we just came out of with Andy <laughs> was his whole scheduling. Yes. Uh, he's got, I think he's got a whole chart. Anyway, the point is. It's a flow chart. You'll know yes. in the morning if you need to pick up the kids in the afternoon. Yep. Every you family plan accordingly. works this way. And you plan, plan accordingly. It just it works. Anyway, sorry. You're keeping the van. You, this car doesn't have to do van things. And he says winter's atrocious, so they can park this car for as long as you need to. Mm-hmm. Because the one I'm going to recommend is cheap and light and fun and back roady, and you're going to find one for six grand. But you're right. But he also makes the point where he says because the van is staying, if he has an atrocious winter day, I love your thinking here. If you have an atrocious winter day, he can take the van. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing. This car doesn't need to be able to carry kids. If it does, look, bonus, I get it. I get it as a parent. It also doesn't have to survive the we just had the snowpocalypse. (laughs) True. True. So let's not shop for a car that has to do those things since the van is still around. And the best part is, if it does snow like crazy and you do have the snowpocalypse, you can take the fun car out and do donuts. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I th- I say winter tires either way. But if you have a really, really bad day, the issue I've always had has just been clearance. you got to get down the roads that aren't plowed. How much of a back road are you dealing with? Though a 55-mile round-trip commute on back roads does sound pretty fun. It does. Yeah. Joe asks, where are all the Miatas and Saab 92Xs in the price range we normally recommend here? And what about this, you know, 500-mile radius that he suggests that there's no fun cars in this in this kill zone of 500-mile radius of killing the fun? Yeah, he can't no find anything. Fun yeah. cars, yeah. so he's going to have to shop. But he's tired of boring. He wants to stand out. Joe, for Uh-oh. six grand, 
I've been looking at Toyotas. Okay. Toyota MR2s. I went there too. You did? The MR2 or the MR2 Spider? I said the Spider. I'm thinking Spider yeah. because it's a little bit newer. It's the newest of yeah, the yeah, three yeah. generations. It's on my list. But Absolutely. what about it, Joe? It's tiny. It's light. It's fun. Totally. It's mid-engined. It's the kind of thing that Todd and I experienced when we had the Miata RF, mm-hmm. the non-turbo Miata RF. <laughs> <laughs> with the upgraded engine. Yes, I'm getting onward. teased already by you, plenty uh, of people. Plenty, I uh, deserve it. And we're having fun with it. I yeah. deserved it. So that car on a mountain road on a snowy pass that is dominated by Wranglers with chains. They're in four-wheel drive. It's not just big, burly SUV. They've got chains on the winter tires. Yes. And they're looking down through their crinkly plastic window at us in the Miata going, what are you two idiots doing up here? This actually happened during that He's driving by like, well, I'm fine, but... Why are you here? I'm not coming to pull you out because you're idiots in a Miata. Yes, exactly. And it was fine. It was great. It was so much fun. But that was the extreme end of things, and we yes. had it. We deliberately drove it in the snow. Yeah, you're not because you have the van. Mm-hmm. So drive this on all the days that you can. I like it's it. going to be cheap, I interesting. Like it. it isn't boring. It will stand out. Your neighbors huh? will give you the same reaction that Todd and I got. Well, why are you driving that thing? Yeah. And then as soon as you take them for a ride, they'll be like, "Oh, yeah, you figured life out." Well, I think on most days when you're not getting just besieged by fresh snow or they're still plowing or digging everybody out, I think you can probably drive this all winter too. It's going to be those snowpocalypse days True. that you fight with the van, and otherwise you'll drive this. I think it'll be great. I, I have the MR2 and if it Spider is was snowpocalypse. You're not going to work any. It's a snow day. It was it was something. top of my list actually. That's actually, so it's funny. funny. Had to keep going, but for, that's that's the beginning and the end. Okay. All right. There's other choices, but I I want to get away from the boring. I mm-hmm. want to get away from the the hatchy and the utility totally. and all yes, that stuff because yes. you've got the Jetta Sport Wagon already. That uh-huh. fills all those hatchy and mm-hmm. turbochargey needs. Yeah, I I totally agree. I totally agree. The Mia, the MR2, the Spider, the any MR2, different, fun, interesting, light. Yeah, you'll rediscover mid-engine. Uh, the MR2 makes that happen. It's pretty cool. I I'm. Stopping there. Joe, you've got to push out your search parameters. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking 500 miles is the, the farthest. Fun kill zone. That's, that's the farthest I can go in a day. That's what you're thinking. I can go right. out there and I can come back to, in a day. To drive it back. I, yeah. I think you need to take the plunge and push further out. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, I looked at it. Uh, Florida's 1,300 miles. I looked there because everything is in Florida for a dollar and a half. I don't think you're going to have to yeah. go that far. Yeah. But that's 1,300 miles. It's like There's 20 miles hours Maserati's there, too. There's everything there. But, but my point is, spread, spread your looking further south than 500 miles and see what you find. Or just mm-hmm. look nationwide. Just to, you may surprise yourself looking nationwide. Yes, there is going to be a cost there probably in shipping the car, which may change. But here's the thing. If you find a car for five grand now because you're, you found one in Arizona, it's going to cost you $1,000 to ship it. You've spent your six grand. Sure. Okay, yeah, so yeah. you're going to have to expand that search. I think that's worthwhile. Or you could actually do the road trip out of the process. I like that. You get an impromptu vacation at it. Maybe take your wife, go get the fun car, drive back. It depends on her tolerance. Her tolerance is going to be paramount here. You may find – look, it's obvious. The Miata needs to be on the list. You've already mentioned it. The uh, You mentioned the Saab 92X. I, I like it. I already mentioned it in the last uh, car debate, but I think for you we need to go much more focused fun. So I had the Miata on there. The Toyota MR2 was top of my list. I'm so glad you brought it up, Paul. That spider is great. <laughs> Two others that I thought of that you can get cheap. The 1990s era Z32, the Nissan 300ZX. Okay. Non-turbo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The non-turbos are cheaper and more reliable. I guess those are five-ish. 
thousand dollars. You can find them cheaper yeah. and more reliable. Now the hard part is going to be finding one that's in decent shape that hasn't. They haven't tried to turn into a Fast and Furious car without the Fast and Furious motor. Yeah, which movie are you? Okay, exactly. But but I loved driving that car in naturally aspirated non-turbo form. I even had an automatic and loved it. Mm-hmm. And they are cheap. Yeah. So pursue one of those. Also, you brought it up on the last uh, car debate, but I'm going to mention it here: Corvette C4. You could do a Corvette too. You could find a Corvette C4 for this kind of money. C4s for that, everybody. The one that we drove for our affordable sports cars, less than ten thousand dollar TV episode a couple seasons ago, was bought for five grand, and it, it was one of the cars in our American original films. It's not like it was a ratty car, and we're giggling like idiots yes. driving it. Yes, so, so much those, fun. That's my list for you, Joe. Hopefully, you can find something there. Hopefully, your wife will be extra tolerant of this shopping process. If Andy doesn't get that blue one, it's in Massachusetts. It's in Salem. <laughs> Joe needs to go get it. Yeah, it's a little out of his budget, but yeah. It is, but there's cheaper ones, and they're a little bit rattier, but who cares? They're still C4. Fun. We love anything that enables our automotive obsession, also known as the car disease, which is why we're such big fans of Haggerty Drivers Club. For just $45 a year, that's less than $4 a month, you get not only six issues of their fantastic Haggerty magazine, but you also get roadside service with guaranteed flatbed towing, invites to members-only events, and valuable discounts on things like tires, vehicle transport, racing school, and more. It's the ultimate membership experience for people who love cars. Check it out for yourself and join the Haggerty Drivers Club at haggerty.com slash everydaydriver. We've got to move on to social media questions now. And a cool one from Stephen Schwartz on Facebook, who asks, with Mercedes now selling the A-Class here in the States, what is the real differentiator between it and the newly redesigned CLA class? It seems from looking at photos that they are nearly identical. <clears throat> oh, I'm going to do my best. Dive here. on in here, Paul. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. I went looking up specs as well to confirm my own mm-hmm. madness, and the wheelbases and the lengths are almost identical. I'm wondering if Mercedes starts to trim offerings in the U.S. because they are pretty full yeah. up on yeah, yeah. all the niches and all the product offerings. Yeah. But it's just because all the other German companies doing it too. Mm-hmm. But the A-Class had never before been available in North America yeah. until this particular generation. It was more of a hatch, yeah. a little bit kind of yeah, a hot yeah, hatch yeah, yeah. in Germany, in Europe, the rest of the world, as a matter of fact, before it was redesigned and it came here. It is a gateway drug to Mercedes. I mean, just a gateway. Sorry. (laughs) They don't say the word drug, but that really is what they're thinking. You're right. That's an excellent point. (laughs) Welcome to Mercedes. Uh It's still a Mercedes. It's not just the cheap car with a Mercedes badge, which Mercedes has been guilty of in the past. Mm -hmm. It is a genuine Mercedes Benz. They are genuinely expensive. They're very nice. And it introduces technology in that car that's fantastic. I like the A-Class a lot, if you can't already tell. Mm-hmm. But it is very close to the CLA, which is meant to be a four-door coupe. Yeah. So it's a little tiny bit bigger, but the thinking is four-door coupe for the CLA, entry-level gateway drug for the A-Class, even though they share a lot of similarities. Well, but you got to look at the rest of the Mercedes lineup here. If you look on their website, they have separate sections for SUVs. Then they have a section for sedans and wagons. And they have a section for coupes. And what's funny is you can go through their model lineup, the A's, the C's, the E's, mm-hmm. in sedans. And then you hit on coupes. And guess what? It's CLA and C-Class Coupe and E-Class Coupe. So they're trying to say, no, no, that's the coupe version 
That's why they both exist. You're right. Mercedes is really stacked with product, and I don't understand why they all survived, to be honest. Because Steven, like the CLS exists, and so does the AMG four-door coupe. I was just going to go there. Those are the same car. Riddle me this. Yes. The CLS is dramatically lower price, even though it's still yes, expensive. It is. Yes, it is. But the GT four-door coupe, that's the one you want. Yes. It's a little bit bigger, but you know they, the CLS was around for a long time, and mm-hmm. it's, it's still great. Yep. But then now they've made the four-door coupe without GT. So the, the thinking is different in the product planning, even though the end result ends up being kind of the same thing. Yeah. But for that reason, I love the choice. I'm just wondering if Mercedes starts to pair back and, you know, that's kind of similar. If you want an A-class, get the CLA. Or if you want the CLA, we're pulling that, get the A-class. But there's also the platform to consider and the variance. Mm-hmm. For example, the CLA shooting brake that we had in Germany. Very cool. It's not available here, but... There's more variants of of that. The Mm -hmm. A-Class doesn't have the wagon shooting brake flavor. Yeah, true. True, true. At least I don't think it is. I think it's just sedan and um, I think that's just it. Just the sedan for the A-Class. BMW is cutting back their product for the same problem because they niche themselves to death. And uh, now they're putting beaver teeth on everything, and they got to figure out what they a actually thousand sell. cuts, a yes. thousand product models. Yes, absolutely. That's what they've we done. like them, but what are they doing there? Uh, did you see this question? I have to speak to it right now. Um, we're based in Park City, Utah. Mm-hmm. Okay, known for mountains, known for nice snow, known for all the reasons that we love living here. It's fantastic. Yes. We moved out separately. I moved out ten years ago, which is shocking. You moved out like four or five years ago. We moved out of Los yeah. Angeles. Each of us had lived there for a long time. I'd been there fourteen years. You were Across there the for five year mark, if you can believe it. Yeah, you you were in L.A. for what twenty something. Maybe. I'm not yeah. going to admit to Long time. Long. My point is, uh, I had been through many, many, many an earthquake in Los Angeles. Mm, yes. And I think the biggest one I ever felt was in the low sixes. Okay. Okay. And a lot of the earthquakes I experienced in, in Los Angeles, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. A lot of the ones that I experienced in Los Angeles, I was like third floor or above in a building. And what's interesting and weird about that is when there's an earthquake and you're in an upper floor, you feel it coming up the structure. It hasn't reached mm-hmm. you yet, but there's a vibration you can feel working its way up. Mm-hmm. And then it gets mm-hmm. to your floor, and the, and the buildings are designed to kind of take it and absorb it, and they take on this nice sway, and then the sway calms down, and everything gets somewhat normal again, and everybody also stops, starts moving. There's a weird pause button that happens to humans when an earthquake happens. It's like instantly everybody p- freezes in the position they were in, and then when the earthquake stops, they, they're on off pause again, and they start rolling. It's very bizarre. All of this to say that this week, <laughs> a couple days ago, there was a nearly six-point. It was a 5.7 Richter scale earthquake. Yeah. Like a half hour from us. I thought, yeah, I wasn't aware that Utah could have earthquakes. Let's I, put it that I, way. I knew we had fault lines, but I didn't know we had anything like that, that bound to hit us. This is the uh, strongest one that's been in Utah since 92, and that one was at the southern end of Utah. This is a right. big one for this Down area. In St. George, right. I was awakened by it, yeah. and I could feel my house torquing on its foundation. Yuck. Which is a feeling I have never felt ever in an earthquake. Thankfully, the house is fine. I was genuinely had a moment where I actually thought things in the, the house structure was going to start to break because I could tell it was not designed for an earthquake and what the heck is happening. Oh, my gosh. Luckily, we are okay. The The airport had to close. Well, yeah, the power went out. The water main broke. The water main break. So, I mean, it was a fairly yeah. serious earthquake for Park City of all places. I'm bringing it up because Todd Beachy thought to ask, are we okay? We're fine. It was just this area is not designed for earthquakes like that. So when it happens, it's like, what breaks now? Luckily, nothing broke, but it was sure uh, spooky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as a matter of fact, Rick Dreyer also asks, what is the perfect disaster response vehicle for the oh, average Joe or Jane? Not for preppers of the off-road types, but, you know, in light of the earthquake, what about average folks who need to ford a ditch or drive over some debris <laughs> or something like that? There's many, as a matter of fact. I'm, I mean... 
There was actually a concept. Okay. A little while back from Mercedes. They took one of their E-Class wagons. All right. And they made it an off-road wagon. They made okay. one. All right. Yeah. And every car enthusiast flipped out. They would have gone even more mad if they had painted a metallic brown. <laughs> Nougat. <laughs> that would have been the yeah the the automotive and it was just special. the coolest thing ever. It's like what Volvo does that cross country uh-huh. kind of uh-huh. thing. Audi does it too. Lost on me, but okay. As a matter of fact, that one concept from Mercedes is making its way back into a cross country type of E class mm-hmm. wagon, okay. which is like it's sedan, it's car, it's wagon, it's got utility. But I could go off road with this thing. I could launch it. Like you build one of those up. So the answer, Rick, is Safari eyes everything. <laughs> is it not? We've seen Ferrari 308s. Yeah. We've seen Miatas, Gallardos, Porsches, of course. Let's do that. I was going to say, if we're going to go full Mad Max, I was going to say the Aerial Nomad. The Nomad's great. It needs a, a backpack on the back, so we need uh, more cargo space or a giant teetering roof rack or something. The teetering roof rack. That's perfect. Joe Carr said, is it wrong that in these troubling times I used my Griot's Everyday Driver 10% discount for my first order? Honestly, Joe, you said you should have bought a toilet paper. Well, the problem the problem is we all should have bought toilet paper, apparently. But I love that you use the code. We we fight for that code for you guys. We want any one of our sponsors to be able to get you guys stuff. And Griot stuff is awesome. Yeah. And it's car cleaning time of year. I've taken the Lotus out a few times, which means I have to actually park it and actually clean it now. I'm the guy that actually puts his nice sports car away dirty because I can't clean it now, but at least I took it out for groceries. <laughs> so, What are you saying? Was that a shot at somebody? That, I don't know, it, but I'm really glad you used that code. It is still very much uh, present to use the Griot's Everyday Driver code, just the word every day. It does get you that code. Thanks for doing it. Yes, and our sponsors do see that, as a matter of fact. Absolutely. When you hear they it, track it yeah. they are tracking it mm-hmm. from there, and they do see it, and they see your engagement. So I just want to personally thank all of you guys for using that. Scott Berger asks, true or false, the simpler the car, the more reliable the car. I saw this too. What are some notable exceptions to the rule? You're right. You're right. But what about Cayennes? They need maintenance. Todd's Cayenne has been great. First, I mean, it's been an expensive car. Yeah. And it's, I mean, as far as complexity, it's not the most complex with features. Yeah, and see, that's the key thing. I think it, it it's plays a stripped to his point. down car. It plays to his point because it doesn't have the weird air suspension and 45 extra things and no. all the stuff that a turbo has on it, no. which makes it simpler, which makes it more reliable. I, I think Scott's onto something with exceptions right of things on like the, line for me. the Yugo. Simple what? as can be. But think about it. Simple what? as can be. The Yugo yeah. couldn't stay in this country because they were so staggeringly unreliable and fell apart so much that they left the U.S. market. Simple, terrible. But a lot of times, yeah. the simpler meaning less feature-rich is more reliable because you don't end up with something like the Phaeton where it's like, I can fix your alternator, but it's a 22-hour engine-out procedure. Who thought of that? Yeah. Simple is hard to do. As far as product design, it seems strange. But when you can restrain yourself, stop sketching we stopped putting features on. We stopped. We made it so simple. And that's why I think iPhones have been so successful. Mm-hmm. Simple is hard to do, but simple can be expensive. Italian furniture that has dressed welds looks beautiful and clean and simple, mm-hmm. but that's what you're paying for. Somebody worried about how those welds look. They're, they're perfectly puddled welds on the furniture. And then you turn it upside down and there's no exposed fasteners. Somebody worried about that. Other furniture just right into the bottom of the table. Let's just throw the screws right in and you can see them. <laughs> it's good enough. It's fine. It, but it's then really, when you, it's fine. You pick up an object and you can't tell how it was put together or especially mm-hmm. furniture. 
you you look around and you think somebody worried about that mm-hmm. the the stitching lines up that's tucked away the fasteners are hidden how did the back get fit on there that's interesting start to look at product design from that way and then now look at cars as big expensive products excellent, excellent. simple's tough to do so simple can be mazda they're they're simple they're clean they're reliable though mm. so let's let's define you know is it just features is it just mm. feature rich mm. Because, yeah, the more stuff, generally speaking, the more stuff there is to break. Yeah. yeah, It yeah. still rings true even with electronics. But now mm-hmm. Tesla Model 3s, those are simple. Yeah. Everything's software. Yeah. But when software needs point. a reboot, you need to plug your VCR back in, you know. <laughs> it's blinking 12. What do I do? <laughs> Have you tried unplugging? Anyway. Anyway, yeah. I like it. That's very good. I've got two questions that come off of Instagram, two different people, but they're both tire-related. I'm going to try to answer them both. I've got Driveline app and DSmith302. DSmith says, do tires really affect steering feel? He has a car, a, a 328i BMW xDrive with, wait for it, OEM run flats. Yes. Yeah, Get better tires and the yeah. steering feel will improve. Which Absolutely. brings me to Driveline app who says he's got a low-power rear-wheel drive vehicle. The reference here, he's got a B-series Mazda pickup with the V6. He's like to make it a little bit more fun, a little bit more oversteery. So his first <laughs> question is, he says, wait a minute, if I want to have more oversteer, should I just put on less grippy tires? Um, here's my answer on that. I'll actually go to the FRS. Okay. When the FRS was released, the 86, whatever you want to call it, BRZ 86, whatever you want to call it. Everybody talked about this is a, this is a drift machine. And that's why Toyota put on the low, low grip tires. Uh, but the thing that everybody didn't notice and didn't talk about is low grip tires means you have low grip everywhere, which means guess what it also does? It also understeers. Mm-hmm. Yes. The yes. stock tires on that chassis, yes, you can get the back to slide out. You can also get it to understeer terribly. Watch our tire swap video that we did with my FRS when I first got it. Better tires tend to break away better and are also more reliable. If you put less grippy tires on your entire pickup, you're going to increase understeer. You've got undermined steering feel. And yes, every now and then you'll have more oversteer. I think it's the wrong way to go. Jared Rose 1 asks, if there's ever been a discussion of shooting an episode on the salt flats of Utah. Additionally, are these salt flats easy to access if he's on a road trip and wants to make a short stop for a top speed blast? <laughs> <clears throat> I, see, I see Quite your thinking. Here, yeah. First of all, we've had a discussion. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, we've had many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would would not be super kind to return press cars to manufacturers still encrusted in salt. And you've probably seen a lot of YouTubers take their Lamborghinis out and go splash around in There's the salt. There's one in particular I can think of, yeah. Yeah. The, um, I never want to own that car, ever. Yeah. I Yeah. It, you won't be able to get it out. There, it just gets everywhere. You're mm-hmm. going to find yourself hosing it down mm-hmm. and rewashing, mm-hmm. and you're still going to find yeah. chunks of dried salt dropping off your car. Yeah. You would ha- honestly, we would have to have a heavy-duty detailer on staff waiting for the minute we pulled it off the salt to get it properly cleaned, especially if it was a high-performance car. But keep going. Well, we've discussed things as far as the high-speed realities that yeah. you can do. The track itself, as my understanding, is not near the entrance. You can't just step from asphalt onto the salt and suddenly hit it. <laughs> that track is is looked after. Yeah. And... I I question the just going out there to do the high speed run without walking the track and seeing debris because there's still stuff sticking up out of the salt. You want to walk. I mean, anything that you're driving on, you don't want to just take an unfamiliar road and just suddenly put it down because you're asking for it at that point. 
Well, you get to the end of the road and it's unpoliced and it's there's pretty much signage that suggests if you get stuck, you're on your own. And the problem is if yeah. you hit it at the right times of year, which is when they do speed week, unless it is too wet, when, when they do speed week, it's actually gotten fairly hard and it works. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at other times of the year, it's got this thin film. As I've looked into this at, at detail. It's got this thin film and the minute you punch through it, it's like the world's worst mud. And now you can't yeah. get your car out. It's so like you've a top also crust You've got to hit the right time to yeah. make sure you've got something that's stiff enough that your car doesn't sink. There's a few little variables here. It's more complicated than you think because you yeah. think it's just dried salt all the time and it's perfectly flat and smooth. Well, there's a lot of moisture out there and yeah. it depends on the time of year. And as a matter of fact, Bonneville Speed Week has been canceled in prior years Absolutely. because of too yes. much moisture. Yes. And again, they... They look at the track. If you're going to be doing that kind of speed, they're driving on it. They've got their eyes on it before they put cars on it. And all week long, they're just – they're really maintaining. I mean, stuff can happen. So you don't want to just drive out of the cul-de-sac onto the salt <laughs> and go do a top speed run. Now, other people just kind of go bombing around and do donuts and wheelies and all that kind of stuff. You can which get out there, and it's very do cool. Do that. Absolutely. Yeah, you can very You cool. can still go 90. You can still in places. I mean, I'm not condoning anything, but – you know what I mean? It, it, it is pretty accessible. Yeah. Oh, it's just completely an, accessible. It's just a cul-de-sac yeah. and you're just... There's the road you're there. there's no road. Yeah. Anyway. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but I do recommend a visit. Travis LV asked on Instagram, essentially, is this a good time to buy a car? Mm. And honestly, I have seen a few manufacturers. I ran across an ad from GM the other day that... Zero percent financing is available right now. You're kidding me. Well, that's that's free for money. Corvettes, right? That's free money. Yeah. So I, I think if you if what you want is sitting on a lot with a good deal attached, go buy a car. Mm. Love it. M. Crandall Seven asks us if we could pick a car to restore but make it all electric. What Whoa. would it be? Within mm. reason, of course. The, the fun, lightweight cars have kind of been tackled. The 911s, the Carmen Ghias, Ferrari 308s. That's been done, and so I do like all those. Suggesting that, again, wouldn't be really helpful. But I do like what Icon 4x4 does. They make the derelicts, and they just made that derelict electric. It's so funny how that resonates with you. Because those cars were designed as heavy cars. They yeah. look heavy. Yeah, yeah, they sure. are heavy. So yeah, adding yeah, yeah. batteries yeah, to yeah. make what it more heavy. Okay. Fair point. Fair point. point. So what about something, you know, Rolls-Royce early on had this silver Mm. cloud. Mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. gliding along and you can't hear the engine. Yeah. What about the old cars, but they were designed to glide? The Packards, the Duesenbergs, the old Rolls-Royces. Electric Packard would be interesting. Those were such cool looking cars. They were silent. The Duesenbergs had sleeve valve engines. You could barely hear them running. Mm. So if they're electric, fine. It keeps that design intact it keeps the gliding along and they're big heavy cars so you could take a lot of batteries and get a fair amount of range probably yeah. a couple hundred miles you wouldn't care interesting so something like that and it's not performance related i i'd love to do the ferrari and the porsche and all that kind of sure, stuff that sure sure i already want that stuff but something that derelict was it really struck me really i like cool. that that's cool that's very cool uh peter renslow says i mentioned in the last podcast that i drive uh, spirited on the highway <laughs> and I'm always surprised when somebody comes up behind me. I, I am typically, but let me let me clarify. I drive spirited on the highway, meaning that my my speeds and I use cruise control a lot. Oh yeah, my speeds okay. are a couple miles an hour faster than a lot of the people around me. So I keep creeping up on them and passing them. I'm not bombing down the freeway. And in my experience, which look, I'm not saying my experience holds up across the board, but I think one of the easiest ways to get noticed by officers is going noticeably faster and more aggressive than everyone else. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Okay? Yeah. If you're going much faster and you're weaving in and out of traffic, you're much more likely to get 
to attract notice, then you're just creeping along and you happen to be going a little bit faster than folks around you. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I don't want to give the wrong impression here that I'm trying to autobahn my way down freeways. I just know that because of what we do with this show, my speed tolerance is fairly high. And the place where I'm like, oh, it feels pretty good is typically like, oh, I'm actually above the speed limit here. I, maybe I ought to slow down. <laughs> Again. Guys, thank you so much for your questions. Really appreciate it. We want to keep working through the backlog here. So keep sending stuff. them. Keep sending your debates, your conclusions. We'll be doing that again very soon. Yep. And really appreciate you following along. Hope you're all well. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.